Hey, hey, everybody. Back with another episode of What is Past is Prologue. I'm the past. And I'm the prologue. Hey, good to talk to you again. It's been a while. It has been a while. I, you, I hit, normally, we record these together in person. This is the first time we are not together in the same room recording this podcast. So how's the little mini studio working for you? Uh, it, it doesn't look much like a studio. It's just my normal desk. Just chilling here with the uh, microphone where my food usually goes. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's working. It's that's a good quality microphone. So, yeah, at least there's good. that. So I, I have no idea how it's coming through on your end, so I hope it, so. It's coming through pretty good as far as I can tell. What have you been up to? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been pretty busy. Uh, school's been keeping me pretty uh, pretty swamped. Uh, I've got, uh, I've had a bunch of theater work going on. Uh, actually, after we do this podcast, I have a paper I'm going to finish. So uh, midterms just happened. It's It's been a wild ride. Oh, you're spending time with your old man instead of doing a paper. Eh, it's not due <laughs> till Monday. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, nothing but um, more of the same on our end over here. Pretty boring. It was sick last week, but other than that, everything's been going good. No uh, COVID though, right? No, no, no. It was uh, just a stomach bug or something. Um, but um, yeah, uh, no, definitely not COVID. I've, I've been getting uh, tested weekly and um, got my second shot two weeks ago. It's good. Yeah, yeah we uh, we haven't been really testing the students. Well, sorry, we've been giving, testing the students. We haven't been vaccinating the students up here yet, but I've had a few professors get vaccinated. Well, that's good. So hopefully um, we'll get a lot more people that are uh, getting some immunity to this before before too long. So here's uh, hoping. Okay, so you kind of uh, dictated the, um, the flow of this one. Uh, is this our uh, seventh? eighth podcast it is our seventh podcast and since seven is the best number in my humble opinion and also i do some i did something a little similar to this with uh my podcast that i run here at school so i was like hey we could do this on our podcast and have a good time with it talk about some of the things we've talked about already the audience can get to know us a little bit better okay so uh instead of doing our usual talk about a specific nerdy thing and just go off on that we're going to have a fun sort of game time today. Okay, so what, what's the game? Uh, well, we'll start out. Um, it's kind of a mix of would you rather um, choice based type things. Like if you could be this or this, which of these would you be? Okay, we can obviously speculate on like if one of us gives an answer to a question. We're like, Oh, I didn't know that about you. Or actually, I think this would maybe would also work for you type deal. We can obviously throw those in as well, but well, sounds like fun. Uh, kind of like a little, just a little personality type thing. Uh, we will be recapping some of the specific franchises we've covered already. Mass effect, umbrella Academy, mercy Thompson, all that. They're all fair game. But, uh, I figured I was like, you know what, let's just have this one be a little more low key before we get back into uh, specific things we're talking about and if you pay close enough attention you may notice some foreshadowing for our next episode or at least what i think our next episode should be okay so start us off um All right. is this is this the would you rather or the the personality stuff or are they the same uh they're pretty close to the same but this first these first few uh it'll more, be more of a would you rather slash 
personality kind of recap of things we've already talked about. Um, they're they're a little all over the place. <laughs> this outline was a bit more sporadic than what we usually do. So I'll, I'll try and go through and make sure our recap ones come first. All right. Excuse me. Hit it. All right. So let's start off with the biggest hardball of all of them. Mm. Of all the franchises we've covered so far, the Umbrella Academy, Mercy Thompson, Firefly, Mass Effect. You had to give all of them up but one. Which one would you keep? That's not right. Um, wow. Um, okay, so definitely I would, I would definitely give up Umbrella Academy before the others. Uh, since Firefly's done... Oh, that's rough. I guess I'd give up Firefly too. Um, Mercy Thompson series is still running. Actually, um, the new Alpha and Omega book in the Mercy Verse is coming out this month. I'll send you a copy. Oh, good. And um, and Mass Effect is technically still running because they're doing the Legendary Edition. Wow. Uh, I guess. I guess I would have to give up uh, the Mercy Thompson series and keep Mass Effect because um, I'm only getting one Mercy book a year, and I can play Mass Effect anytime. <laughs> I, al- I also picked Mass Effect. Yeah, the Umbrella Academy moves the immediate throwout as much as I love it. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely picked Mass Effect also. I've We've come back to those so many times. I just finished replaying the whole series again not that long ago. It, it, I'm just going to keep coming back to it, remastered edition or not. Yeah, I think that uh, that's going to be good. Um, did did we talk about the fact that uh, Pinnacle Station wasn't going to be uh, in the remaster? I think so. We mentioned a couple of DLCs that they weren't yeah. going to throw in. I it, think, it's, so. And it's because of, uh, I guess, the source code got corrupted. <laughs> so, the, so they physically can't put it in the game. <laughs> They're just like, all right, well, no one liked it anyway. So And, uh, yeah, so, okay. Um, so... That takes care of that, so we would both keep Mass Effect. Um, yeah, right. I, I was—I knew it would probably be between. I actually figured it be, would be between Mass Effect and Firefly for you. So I was interested to see where Mercy would fall. Well, and again, it's probably because um, Firefly is basically done, and I've seen it dozens of times. Yeah, I mean, we still rewatch Firefly when I'm home, so it's yep. like. Um, no, I understand that completely. Favorite episode? Uh, what did I say my favorite episode was? Uh, the pilot. The yeah, pilot's my yeah. favorite. And mine's War Stories. So, okay. Uh, so nothing's changed there. No, Question no, number all. two. All right. So let's go back to the food episode for a second. This all will right. probably be our only food-related question, but it is a very important food-related question. All right. If you owned a chain pizza restaurant, Mm. What kind of pizza would be your shop specialty? Oh, uh, well, I can tell you this. I, I, I don't know that I would have a, I, I mean, our pizza club pizza would, if I just had to say off the top of my head, that's probably what I would pick, which by the way, is a thin crust with extra cheese, sausage, mushrooms, minced garlic, and seasoned chicken. That order. In that order. Um, so, um, that would probably be my specialty pizza, uh, served with a side of ranch. But, um, if I owned a chain myself, I probably would have hand tossed crusts. Ooh, 
Ooh, that's nice. Um, so I guess maybe a our uh, our pizza on a hand tossed crust. If- nice. Okay. So I took a little bit of a different route because as much as Pizza Club pizza should be a staple everywhere. I think the one that would resonate the most with people at my specific pizza shop in this hypothetical scenario would be thin crust because thin crust is superior. Multi cheese. So not just mozzarella, like two or three cheese. Meat lovers with a cheesy garlic bread side. Mm. 10 out of 10. People would love that shit. Uh, It would be good uh, garlic bread too, not bullshit chain garlic bread. Oh, and and let's, let's throw out a little bit of love for the uh, cheese that Emo's uses. Oh, yes. Gotta love some Provel. Yeah, Apologies Pro-Vel. if you don't like overly processed cheese, but Emo's is the Emo- king. Yeah, it is the square beyond compare. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't have Pizza Club pizza, I want Emo's, and the closest to Emo's is in St. Louis. <laughs> or, yeah, or there's one in like Carbondale or something. Oh, or- is there? Okay. There's one not quite in Missouri, I think, but it's like it's very what? much a oh. Missouri chain okay so there is an emos in um collinsville somewhere yeah um, i think well that was close to there that was the uh the, the like bowling alley one that we went to right uh i think so because i think the emos we usually go to in st louis is kind of a, a slightly more hole in the wall even than that so i think so yeah um that's almost a staple every time i uh, if i'm in st louis for more than a day i gotta have some emos yeah, even if you're just there for a day, if you know one's on your way, it's like, hmm, that's an emos. Okay, so meat lovers with a side, uh, you said, of uh, garlic toast? Cheesy garlic toast, cheesy, and it would be multi-cheese toast. also on the pizza. Like nice. two or three cheese with meat lovers. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, clearly, we have similar pizza preferences, but... Let's head back to our more nerdy things here. Do you tend to resonate more with the fantasy series we both enjoy or the sci-fi series we both enjoy? Mm. Well, mm, boy. Uh, I'm going to say the fantasy series, uh, the Mercy Thompson series. Yeah. I I also put fantasy, but I all, I did put the... I guess the caveat that I tend to sometimes resonate more with specific characters. Like I remember thinking like in the sci-fi series, I was like, Oh, there are a couple of characters that I think would more directly represent me. But as a whole, I think I resonate more with the fantasy stories that we read, watch, consume in any shape or form. And this is a general rule. Okay, so I will I will also say this. I, I kind of went to the, the two specific ones, but um, I think if I were to say the reason I would say fantasy is because I feel like the characters in that series have gotten more time and they're more fleshed out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and you can say that with almost like... Even the fantasy series we'll probably talk about in the future because a decent amount of them are, if not long running, at least well established. So there's enough lore for fantasy, especially if you make up your own world that it's just, it's so much easier to have like that extra oomph when it comes to more to resonate with. Yeah, I'll buy that. All right. So 
Another tough question, maybe harder than the first question. Would you rather be part of Commander Shepard's crew on the Normandy from Mass Effect or Malcolm Reynolds' crew on Serenity from Firefly? Oh, um, you know, I'll tell you, it just leapt to mind, um, probably the Serenity crew. Yeah. Um, that's my, I actually, yeah, I, I, I think I knew you were going to say that actually. Where else would I get a Uh, chance to try and hook up with Kaylee? (laughs) I mean, I guess if she existed in the Mass Effect universe, you could always try. Uh, uh, I actually picked the Normandy because I think that if I like, even if I didn't come in with any prior knowledge, like if, Commander Shepard and Malcolm Reynolds came up to me at the exact same time and asked, would you be on my crew for whatever skill I could bring? I would immediately look at Commander Shepard and be like, that person's going to take me on one killer adventure. So I think if I lived in a sci-fi universe, I would probably go with Commander Shepard and be on the Normandy. I mean, they're both kind of prone to going on suicidal missions. Um, oh, absolutely. But, <laughs> I think immediate impression would probably throw me in Shepard's boat. And the Normandy doesn't necessarily look like it's going to fall apart anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, that's true. So the, so I, I can see where you're coming from. I, the reason I would pick uh, Serenity is because it seems more, more laid back, more family, you know, that kind of thing instead of, um, you know, proper military, you know, always, always going to the fight, you know, uh, Mal's just got jobs for people to do and the fights kind of seem to find them. Yeah. I think that if like I had that prior knowledge going in, I think the, like if I knew kind of like the crew I was getting into, I think I would vibe harder with the Serenity crew. Like I think we would gel better, but yeah. I do think that wanting to space fair me would go on the Normandy with Commander Shepard. Right now, I'd just like to go into space. <laughs> yeah, let's just let, like let's just do it. Let's get our own spaceship. Get me to Mars, Elon. <laughs> or anyone. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Elon. <laughs> I trust Elon. <laughs> Commander Shepard can show up anytime. All right. So So we're split on that. Mm-hmm. We're split on that. I would yeah. I would go with the Serenity and you would go with the Normandy crew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, I think I would gel more with the Serenity's crew overall, but I think I would go with the Normandy. But That's fair. If we go back to the fantasy standpoint, I suppose. All right. Within the limitations of Mercy Thompson's universe, like it disregarding any other fantastical series we may have read regarding these types of characters. Would you rather be a werewolf, a vampire, or one of the fae? Mm. You know, they all three, to me, have the same problem. And that problem is that they are so involved with the hierarchy and politics. I mean, if you're in a werewolf pack, you've got your place in that pack. And if you're, um, if you're one of the Fae, you've got to deal with the court. And if you're in a vampire, Steve, it's the same deal. It's, it's all politics and placement. Um, and I, so I don't necessarily think I would like any of them 
a lot. Um, I would probably, I would probably stay away from the Fay, um, just because it seems like somebody's always out to kill you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I guess I, w- I'm going to guess there are more good werewolf alphas than there are, uh, sieve masters. So I'm going to go with werewolf. I also picked werewolf. It was really between vampire and werewolf because the vampires in the Mercy Thompson universe would scare me shitless <laughs> if they were real. And I would love to be that cool. But I think the pack dynamics of the werewolves and that more family like aspect. And like you said, there's probably more like good alphas out there than there are good seed leaders because vampires are just so ancient and bloodthirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or batshit crazy like wolf yeah exactly although if i could be like wolf i wouldn't care that i was batshit crazy oh my god (laughs) again that the power aspect of the vampires appeals to me but uh yeah i would definitely be a werewolf i think i think i'm family oriented enough and the pack bonds again they're an interesting way for the character dynamics in general to interest me so I think I'd like to be a werewolf. There is one aspect of being a werewolf I would not like, but uh, I'll get to that later when we start doing personality stuff. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and that's fair. There's definitely aspects to all of these that are letdowns from, you know, just being a normal human. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Okay. So, all right. uh, so yeah. are, am I correct in when I'm scoring this that, um, our pizzas are different and our pick of crew is different, but so far the rest of the five questions we've agreed on. Uh, yes. And some of these will end up being more subjective because there are definitely some of these where it's just like, it's not necessarily one or the other. It's just like, Oh, this is this. But, yep. uh, yeah, no, uh, most of ours have been like this or this so far. So All right. yeah, I, yeah, so far. All right, so let's go, um, let's do our music episode now. All right. So if you had a theme song, or better yet, just a dramatic entrance song, what would your dramatic entrance song be? If you come into a room and this song is playing. (laughs) This one. Uh, (laughs) Do you know it? Yeah, it's crazy train. There you go. You might not know mine now that I think about it. So, uh, yeah, what is yours? Um, it is a Shinedown song, but I don't know if you've listened. How Have you listened to any of their Attention Attention album? Uh, I think I have heard cuts off of that. I have not sat down and listened to the whole album. It's pretty solid. I think it's actually also a story album, if that interests you any. But there's a song on there called devil that is straight up i think one of shinedown's more like the person who that song's about could like kick your ass <laughs> it's a good it's just, it's just called devil in all caps and it's really really good and i would love to have that be my walk-on song Really? I knew I wanted it to be a Shinedown song because I was like, you've got to get that good rock vibe when you're walking into a room. But Devil's just a badass song. 
Is this I it? would play it for you, but I don't think I have anything. Hang on a second. To play Is this with. it? I, I can't on. hear it if you're playing. Hang on, it, but... it's it's coming. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's so nice. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I do like that. Well, I'm definitely going to have to listen to that after we're done. Because yeah, I have oh, not heard that cut. Song. Yeah, that's a good one. Sometimes. All right. Oh, gosh. Let me. I'm, we we s- skipped through a few of these before we got back to our more specific episodes we've already talked about but i think the one i want us to answer next which of the umbrella academy superpowers you like the best um okay so i have um i have two of them that i really really like yeah and so the two are um number three allison her mind control power yeah. And uh also number 2 Diego his perfect aim. Even yeah. though even though we figured out that uh or at least I think I have figured out that it's not perfect aim that he's actually it's telekinetic. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. so Which is that's it it's amazing that he was, we did that the whole first season we're just like oh he just can hit everything. We yeah. didn't even think it was like Never misses. But uh so um while I think that it would be I actually think Diego's power's cooler. I would if you if I had to pick one of the powers just to have, I would pick Allison's power. So I also put in my answer Diego's is by far the most underrated of all of them. Diego's is like if you had Diego's power, you would kick some serious ass. Like I think with you when you've got like Allison and Anya and Five and Klaus that like they all kind of overshadow Diego sometimes, but like Diego kicks ass. Uh, but my, I actually my favorite's Five. I love that. I love blank powers. I love teleportation. It's just that's in there, and plus he's an assassin. Like that's some serious badassery right there. Even if you took away the assassin part, being able to blink through space and time, especially the space thing, time wears me out a little bit, but. <laughs> I could travel back a few seconds in time every now and then. I guess it wouldn't be so bad, but yeah, being able to blink through walls, that'd be fun. I think that he has one of the most powerful abilities for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, But uh, so the mind control thing um, and maybe the blink thing you could keep on the down low, but like if your, your thing was telekinesis or perfect aim, people would know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh you know, yeah so but you could keep the others kind of uh, you know more secret so as i was say especially if you're blinking from place to place to be like wasn't he just there and yeah. we're just like i don't know what, what was i i don't know um, uh, no i would pick five's power if i had to pick one i think well that's, again uh, yeah, diego's that's is the most underrated all right all right so uh, are we are we off to the personality stuff um, I think we kind of threw some of the more, uh, these are probably more personality, but, uh, also we did throw some more recap questions, like about the specific franchises we've talked about already. So I'm going to try and get to those first, I think. All right. 
All right. So we'll go back to Firefly for a second. In a fight between Zoe and Mal from Firefly, who wins? Mm. Well, I'm going to say that well, it's. I think it's situational. I put the same thing. Um, I put the same thing. I said if it was hand-to-hand, Zoe would win for sure. But if Mal survived long enough in a shootout, I think he'd get the jump on her. Um, and the other thing, too, is like terrain. Um, we know that Zoe's a lot better of a guerrilla fighter, you know, like stealth and that sort of thing. Yeah. Than Mal is. Um, I, I think I'm going to pick Mal, but I, 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 I certainly wouldn't put money on it either way. <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh yeah no it, if we're just assuming like just based on the series like if they had all like their weapons and stuff i think mal would win because again i think if he survived long enough after they were out of close quarters i think he would end up winning but if they were just fighting fist to fist ozo oh, would whoop his ass yeah probably uh although um mal ended up taking out that operative in serenity yeah i i don't think he's a I, I don't want to, he's not bad at hand to hand by any means, <clears throat> but I think if he went up against Zoe and they were like really duking it out, unless one of them had like a specific grudge that would like gave them motivation to win. See, and that's the thing. It's so situational because yeah. I don't think that at the end of the day, I don't think uh, Zoe would want to hurt Mal or vice versa. So yeah. if one of them was ticked off about something and the other one was trying you know, wasn't fighting their hardest because they didn't want to hurt them, then I think it's over for whichever one's not fighting their hardest. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I would, I guess I would pick Mal, but again, um, I wouldn't put too much money on it. Yeah. Yeah. In general, I guess technically Mal, but, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. So, I guess this next question is also very situational, but in a fight between whoever won against Zoe and Mal and Commander Shepard of Mass Effect, who would win? Shepard. Oh, yeah, I put Shepard. Sorry, Zoe. <laughs> Sorry, Mal. Like, Shepard's going to whoop your ass. <laughs> not, I mean, not that, um, not that Mal and Zoe lack uh, military training and experience uh, in fights, but that's literally all Shepard does. Yeah. Um, that's shepherds in death defying like six out of seven days a week, six and a half days. Yeah. And that's the, I mean, he's, he's had tons and tons of training, tons and tons of practical experience. Um, and he's working with some of the most powerful people in the galaxy, like all the time. So he can also learn from them and have them at his back. Even if they were only fighting one, one, he's like, Oh, I've got this assassin can come after you if i die like <laughs> like even just commander shepherd's crew is like okay even if you kill shepherd somehow you're still screwed like <laughs> plus all of the sorry i mean it, if you took even took into consideration their tech oh uh, absolutely you know i mean shepherd's partial cyborg right <laughs> and yeah. and his uh Maybe the omni blade alone yeah oh, uh, you'd benefit 
there's, yeah, there's, I think there's just too much there that weights it towards Shepard. Yeah. Sorry, Serenity crew, but you're all pretty well unscrewed. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, I think that's all of the specific questions about franchises we've talked about before. Okay. To be quite honest with you. So this next one will be more just general tropes, personality stuff. And again, keep an eye out for specific franchises we may or may not be covering in the next episode. So, All right. All right. Uh, this one's pretty general, but I love this question. If you were a protagonist in a story, would you be the chosen one with a dramatic destiny or the stranger in a strange land who somehow ends up being super influential. So, you know, there's only two storylines in all of literature. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. A stranger comes to town and here it goes on a journey. Right. Yes. So, um, that, that came straight from your uncle rich. Uh, I had never thought about it in those terms before he, he put it to we me. We actually but. talked about that in one of my, uh, film classes the other day. That's one of like the, main ways of looking at like storylines there's a few different ways but that's one of them some of them encompass both uh, but i mean for the most part you know like and both can be in a story so it's like but if i so i guess back to the question if i was the protagonist um i would want to be the stranger in a strange land who ends up becoming influential uh i feel like the um chosen one is I mean that that kind of means that you know you were kissed by destiny so you're going to do it regardless of what kind of a person you are but the other way is it's on you you you're the one that has to do it it's not a, a trick of fate yeah and I I also picked this stranger in a strange land for similar reasons uh, as as fun as figuring out different ways to go about achieving your dramatic destiny would be. I do like the idea that I'm just this nobody and people just kind of look at me and go that person for no reason at all. They're just like, Oh, this is someone new in town. We can get them to do our dirty work or they can try to, but I have the free will to like ignore them if I want to, but I would probably end up being super influential anyway, just because of protagonist status. So all yeah, right. I'd be the stranger in a strange land. Yep. All right. So we agree on that one. All right. Uh, if you were the captain of a spaceship, what would your crew be like? If you had one, you could obviously go traveling the galaxy alone. What sort of jobs would you take on? What, and what would your ship's name slash kind of appearance be? Oh, wow. Um, if I was a captain of a spaceship, what would my crew be like? Um, I think I prefer the uh, collection of misfits that are really good at their jobs. Um, kind of like, uh, so like Mal did with, um, uh, Serenity, you know, yeah. he, he collected people who didn't really fit in and he ended up putting together a really quality crew because they were all good at something. Yeah, very specialized um, yeah. in what they were doing. Uh, Shepard kind of did the same thing with um, the Dirty Dozen when he picked them up um, in Mass Effect 2. So uh, that that appeals to me, you know, that you're taking the um, 
square pegs and fitting them into a round hole. So, um, but boy, what, (laughs) um, what would my spaceship's name and appearance be? Oh, I don't know. It'd probably look like my truck. (laughs) (laughs) You just turn your truck into a giant spaceship. Um, that'd be be hilarious though. Like you just have, there's just a truck flying through space. What, I would laugh really hard. Wasn't that the Spaceballs thing? They were in a Winnebago. I think so, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't seen Spaceballs in ages. Yeah, it's been a, a long time for me. Um, um, boy, I don't know. Um, I'd have to think about it. Um, there, a lot of times when I when I look at uh, spaceship designs, I start out not liking them, and then after I watch a show for a while, I end up thinking they're better for it. Well, and I'll give you a, for instance of where that didn't happen is star Trek. I still don't like the design of the enterprise. They're so it, like, no, who builds a spaceship that way? I'm sorry. They're not efficient. And so honestly, <laughs> one so of the, dumb. one of the, one of the most, um, I guess, true to science designs, would probably be the the spaceship from um, oh not Farscape um, oh dang I can't even think of the series name now it's um, no I'll, I'll come back to it. the reason that I, I I'm bringing it up is because the decks are laid out um, instead of horizontally to the front of the ship, they're laid out vertically to the front of the ship. So, so essentially when the drive is in operation, it's pushing the people against the deck plates. So that's how they do their gravity. And that makes sense. Um, and, but the, you know, you get, uh, even serenity, you know, you have uh, deck plating that has some kind of gravity field that they never really explain. Um, but, but at least, uh, I got to give, uh, Firefly some credit. They didn't have sound in space. <laughs> that, that's true. There was, there was zero sound um, in space. I don't know though. I, 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 I would have to, I would have to take a look at a lot of different designs before I, before I made up my mind on what my spaceship would look like. What about you? Uh, so starting with the crew, I would want no more than five people, including myself. Maybe like we recruit a couple of other people for like difficult jobs. Be like, hey, we're going around the world because I think we would be able to curry that kind of favor because the kind of jobs I would want to take on would want to be like stealing food, medical supplies from the rich and getting them to the poor. We're real Robin Hood types. They've got like a real small like skipper ship that just is just bounces place to place like a blockade runner yeah exactly yeah nice i would love to have something like that going on so yeah just a small again kind of like you said with firefly that small intimate crew maybe not necessarily misfits but definitely the same family aspect and we would just be like the space version of robin hood in our tiny little ship that's my goal I don't know what I'd call it. I've gone through like 10 different names and one of them was the light speed and that's the most boring name ever. So clearly <laughs> I need to think about that more. <laughs> the light speed. Um, that'd be a slow ship. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, gosh, dang it. What is that series? I even, I watched a ton of it. I, I don't think I've, oh, I know I didn't finish it. 
uh, was on. Was Net- it that one you were watching recently? Yeah, the Netflix series. Uh, was it, or was it the um, uh, Amazon series? Was it the Expanse? Expanse, yeah. So it was the Amazon series. Yes, that's what it was. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Old age is <laughs> catching up with me. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. So sticking with the starship design, really quick before we move on from that. What is your favorite starship design ever? You mentioned we hate the Star Trek ones, but what's your favorite? Oh boy. Um so I like the way the Normandy looks, but I think the inside is laid out really badly. Um favorite starship design. Hmm. I well, this has always been one of my favorites, so I guess I I should bring it up. I like the design of the X-Wing fighter. Oh, yeah. Those are badass. Um, yeah. That's always been one of my favorites. And uh, ever since I uh, very first saw Star Wars, and they were like, lock S-foils into attack position. No clue what an S-foil is, but then it split apart into the X. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> and, cool. and the wings, yeah. The you know being spread apart, there's no air in space that gives you no benefit other than you know putting your guns at maybe a, a better attack angle. I don't know, but that's uh, I just like the looks of it. I guess. Yeah, that's really fair. I said mine was the Normandy, the first Normandy. I should specify the smaller Normandy, yeah. mm-hmm. not the bigger one. Uh, the first Normandy, hands down. I don't think anything else really comes close for me. Uh, aesthetically, it's probably one of the most pleasing, but I, I don't know. There's something about, again, maybe it's just my desire to have like a little skip ship and be Robin Hood, but the stealth systems of the Normandy and that smaller ship design, the more sleek looking ship design really appeals to me. Yeah. I don't, and I, if I had to pick one of the Normandies, I would pick the first one. Uh, of the two, it's probably technically the more, I, I don't even want to say technologically advanced because I don't think that's true. I just, I just think it's, if you're going to have a military ship of the two, that's probably the better one to have. Yeah, and and I would say that because at least then um, the uh, CIC wasn't so far away from where the pilot sat. Yes. And uh, felt like it was a little more, uh, you know, where the person in command could actually command instead of, because you know, he could see everybody that was important to the running of the ship. And I get that's why the Star Trek design kind of works, but it also looks so stupid. So, yeah, I don't mind the bridge layout so much. I just don't like the design of the, you know, with the big saucer section. Actually, Star Trek designs... um I like the Klingon designs, like the Bird of Prey and um, oh, okay. um, some of the, like the cohort class cruisers, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, um, but I do like that. Um, I do like the, the ship out of the expanse. Um, and it's the, I can't remember the um, Riccinati or Rissant. Risanati, something like that. I didn't watch it with yeah. you. I can't help you there. Yeah. I just knew the name of the show. But regardless, it's uh, uh, I did like that design, and 
uh, it made sense to me. You know, the, the crew was pretty much all together with the pilot with the best view and that kind of thing. So it, uh, that appealed to me a lot. But if I, if you just made me pick one, I would have to go with the X-Wing. That's really fair. I like the X-Wings a lot too. They're a lot of fun. Okay. Let's see. Let's go back to more fantasy stuff, shall we? All right. If you were a god or a goddess, what would you be a god of? Oh, pizza. Oh, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Square beyond compare. They just all give you emos as offerings. Um. So I will say that, um, you know, when I was first getting into mythology and that sort of thing, um, one of my favorite deities ever was Thor. Um, and so I would probably be a deity of, um, like the weather, whether it was storms or lightning or, you know, anything like that, a deity that influenced the weather. Okay. I can definitely see that for you. A hundred percent. Okay. Um, if I was a goddess, I'd be a theater and the arts goddess, obviously like (laughs) patron of the arts kind of deal, but I think I would also be like a moon goddess. Okay. I think I've decided because aside from the fact that I just like night better than day, (laughs) um, I don't know. Something about the moon is very steady. It's just more calming. And I think daytime is, and I think that if, like, I think, isn't it Apollo, like, the other arts god? Yeah. I don't think also I'd be sun. as flashy as, yeah. yeah, I don't think I'd be as flashy as all that. I think I'd be much more subdued, and I think that being a goddess of the night would be more apropos. You, you know, I, um, um, I don't know if there's a, um, do you know a specific god or goddess of the moon? Uh, Artemis. Artemis, Artemis was of the moon the goddess moon. of the hunt, right? And the moon, because she was Apollo's sister. And he was the god of the sun. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and then obviously whatever uh, Roman equivalent. I think it's Diana. Uh, I, okay. Uh, so for Greek, uh, Selene. Greek, it's Artemis. It says Selene. Uh, oh, Selene too, I guess. Uh, Greek and Selene Roman. So, uh, personification of the moon as a goddess, and she was worshipped at the uh, new and full moons. Yeah. Um, and and it does mention Artemis. You're right. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I've yeah. So Artemis is goddess of the hunt and the moon. Interesting. Yes. Um. And um. While we're talking about mythology, I we talked the other day. Um, I played the fourth uh, God of War game on the, my PS4 the other day. That's so laden in mythology. You would love it so much. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I adored it. Uh, the first is it a PS? Really, is it a PS exclusive? It is a PlayStation exclusive. All yeah. the God of War games uh. are. But uh, you don't need to play the first three to really get the gist of what's going on. Speaking as someone who only played four, um, <laughs> I, ju- I just knew the first three took place. They were like Greek mythology, and this one is changing the series more to Roman mythology. So it was really, really interesting. Plus, the story will get you right in the feels. So I think you'd really like it. Well, when you um, 
when you get home after this year, maybe I'll uh, borrow your PlayStation and give it a go. Yeah. I would say it doesn't take that long to get the main story at least doesn't take that long to get through. So I think you'd like it. Do I have to have Twitch yeah. skills to get through it? It is. It is. It, the God of War is one of the big hack and slash franchises, sad to say. But um, uh, honestly, though, the it's not like gun combat systems. So it's I think it'd be a little easier on you. You throw an axe most of the time. All right. So, I think Skyrim more than Mass Effect. Oh, I can play Skyrim. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. Anyway, back to the questions. We went off on a God of War tangent because <laughs> I loved it. But, okay. So, if you were sent on a lifelong quest, what is it that you would have been sent on a quest for? Mm. Huh. Um, <laughs> a lifelong quest. Or at the very least, a quest that will take up, like, most of it, like, you can still have, like, your golden years where you, like, live in a field by yourself with your animals and your family and whatever. But, like, uh, for, like, the majority of, like, your young life, you're just, like, what are you, what are you adventuring for uh, in your youth? Well, uh, I would say understanding. Um, just because I feel like that's something that I never stop trying to learn is... You know, how uh, how other people think, why they act the way they act, that sort of thing. Um, and I also think that the more cultures that you're opened up to, that you visit, um, that your understanding grows exponentially. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, Always. Um, went, to, uh, went to France for my brother's wedding. And, um, was a little nervous. I'd never been out of country before. And I always kind of, um, heard, you know, through media that, uh, the French didn't like the Americans and, uh, for fill in the reason. And so I was, I was a little nervous when I went over there. And when I started talking to the people over there, I figured out something that really changed my perspective on the world, not just, uh, people, but, um, it's that they were just folk. They were just like us. Uh, they had the same problems, hopes, dreams for their kids, all that sort of thing. Worked jobs, came home tired, uh, hated their government too. Uh, I mean, it's, I think that's just everywhere. Yeah. And <laughs> even if you have a good government, I think people hate their government. So I think that that's fair to say that um, a lifelong quest for me uh, would be better understanding. It's a good one. Um, I, I guess mine would be similar, but instead of going on my own quest for understanding, I would probably be like, we talked about the chosen ones earlier. I would probably be like a chosen one sidekick on their epic quests, following the savior through the lands. Like I would still have that opportunity to really learn, but I'm just sitting here like as a protege or an awkward bard or like the person who takes care of the hero's horse or something. And I just kind of follow them around. Hey, horse duty is pretty important. That hero's got to get around. Incredibly (laughs) important. Everyone, we could do a whole podcast episode just on the importance of horses and stories, guys. (laughs) 
Like, uh, and don't, don't. Uh, we could, I mean, we probably could do an entire podcast on that because if you look at the importance of the horse through history, exactly. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty big. Uh, oh, For those of you who look down on horses, you need to leave our podcast immediately. So, <laughs> one of the, uh, I, I will tell you this, I, I may have told you this before. I don't remember. Um, you remember when the space shuttle was still flying? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the solid rocket boosters on the side? Uh, kind of. Okay. So sure. do you know why they were the, as big as they were? Because the design actually said for it to be optimal, they should have been larger. Do you know why they were the uh, size they were? Not a clue. Yeah, it all came back to a horse. So the they had to be transported by rail. So oh, okay. they could only be so big uh, to use the our, our rail. And then you get into, well, why is our rail the gauge that it is? Well, you know, it came from Europe. Okay. Uh, or I think specifically England. And then, so then you get into why was it that gauge in England? Well, it, it went back to the days of wagon wheels and how they had to be a certain distance apart because of the, they would make ruts in the road. And if your wagon wheels didn't follow those same ruts, you'd break axles. Okay, well, well, then why were those wagon wheels as wide as they were? Went back to Roman chariots. Why were the chariots that wide? Well, they were that wide so that it would fit behind two horses' asses. So, exactly. so the reason the space shuttle didn't have the size booster that it needed was because of two horses' asses. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's the best reasoning you could ever have for why your space shuttle was inadequate. That's right. So like it's the horse's fault. <laughs> I loved that story. Um, yeah, that's that's a great story. See that? See guys, horses. Horses are important, everywhere. So, all right. very important. Also, if the world goes to shit, horses are going to become exponentially more important. So, people who have horses, keep your horses on hand. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, moving on from our love of horses, which I do actually. You know what? This can transition into my answer for this next question. What was your favorite book when you were little and why? Oh, uh, Pickle Chiffon Pie by Jolly Roger. Yeah, good book. No one knows it now, but yeah. it's a good book. Um, yeah, it is a good book. Um, if, you, if you've if you never uh, had the experience of a Jolly Roger book, uh, you should. Uh, they're not only hard to find, they're expensive now. Oh, yeah. Like, um, you look them up on, like, Amazon or eBay or something, you're like, why is this child's book that's 13 pages long so expensive? Yeah. But, yeah, no no question. Pickle Chiffon Pie. I actually still have um, the copy that uh, my sister had read to her, and I know because she uh, signed her name inside of it. And it's the same copy that I read to you and your sister. That's true. We still I, I remember where it is. I, if I was at home right now, I'd know where it was on our bookshelf. Yep. All right, so mine you? when I was little was um, is the reason I can transition from the last question. Um, mine was uh, Black Beauty, that one horse book everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a wonderfully gorgeous illustrated unabridged edition. Like, belongs in like someone's fancy library edition. Uh, no matter what happens, when I move out, I'm taking that book with me. It's fantastic. <laughs> It was one of the first books to like make me feel things. And when you like when you get older, like I reread it uh, back during quarantine. And I was like, this is a really like it, it gets kind of dark. Like it's a really 
interesting look at like society as a whole and animal cruelty and like it's all told through the perspective of a horse with language that's easy enough for young readers to understand it's a good book hmm. like there's a reason there's so many editions of it and why it's really resonated with people so i've never read it i mean i've seen the movie yeah. um i'm not but i haven't read the book hmm. yeah. it's it's actually like I, again, I read it really recently, and I was like, "Wow, this really still That's, stands up!" Like we kind of went a little bit different directions. We kind of went different directions because I I had something that was kind of a picture book, and you, you had well, something that was more of a chapter was, book. I guess, but but it was yeah. more of a chapter book than um, yeah. I mean, how old were you when you were reading? I know that you were reading by the time you were four, but I mean, how old were you when you were reading Black Beauty? Oh, God. Uh, Mom was actually the one who read it to me first because she used to sit on the couch and read to us as kids. And she read it to us pretty young because it was her book. Um, you guys was, always had stories before bed. Yeah. Um, I was probably like kindergarten, first grade age. Like I've known about that book. So five or six. Yeah. A majority of my life. Like I said, it still stands up. So I'm... I, and I remembered the story as a kid too. That's why that's another reason why I'm comfortable calling it my favorite book as a kid, because it's like, even like there's like death in that book. And I was like, Oh, okay. Not that's great. why this makes me feel things. Cause yeah. I'm like in, invested in these characters as a six year old girl. So yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's worthwhile for those of you who haven't read it. Black beauty. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do a, a less weighty question, I guess. Uh, okay. Do you prefer gold or silver? Oh, um, this was uh, the question that I saw that uh, goes back to my uh, my uh, choice of werewolf. I prefer silver, much prefer silver. Uh, now, if I, I'm trading it in for money, I much prefer gold. But I like I like the look of silver, um, and um, I wear a silver necklace. All the time, unless I'm in the shower or like in a pool or something, I have the same necklace on always and it's yeah. silver. And yeah. so, but if I was a werewolf, I wouldn't be able to do that. That's that time. <laughs> uh, so I also picked silver. I will say for the record, the black and gold aesthetic is a personal favorite of mine, but I think silver goes with more stuff. And I also have a silver necklace I wear pretty often. And it is ironically a Mass Effect necklace, uh-huh. which just proves how giant of a nerd I am. Um, but, um, that was a Solstice I, gift. That was a Solstice gift. And I wear it all the time. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, silver just goes with more things. It's very easy to, like, you can use it as an accent piece. You can use it as, like, a whole piece. I feel like a lot of people don't look as good in gold, if that makes sense. Like, some people really do, like, if they've got, like, that tanned bronzed skin, but it's like, I'm pasty as shit. <laughs> Like, I don't look near as good in gold as I do in silver, hard, sad to say. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think silver is just more versatile. Yeah, I, I just like the look of it better. Uh, now, I guess at a uh, if you get down to, uh, like, a microscopic level, uh, gold looks more uniform. But yeah. uh, I don't care. I don't look at it at yeah. a microscopic level. I look at it, and I just see the, the, the luster of the two metals and... I like silver. Plus, silver's antimicrobial. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So let's do a bit more of, let's go back to tropes a little bit. Okay. If you were a romantic lead in a story, 
Mm-hmm. Would you be more likely to be stuck in the middle of a love triangle or fall in love with your romantic counterpart immediately? Fall in love immediately. Um, I am, I am way too jaded to get drawn into a triangle. <laughs> That's a great answer. I think my answer for this changes every time I answer it, but I think my most recent answer is the same. I think I would fall in love with my romantic counterpart immediately. It's like, it's a Disney vibes. I I bond easily. It's like, just got to fall fast and hard. I think, unfortunately, though, that being able to bond really easily does also, if I was a romantic counterpart, it would lend me to being in a love triangle really easily. I don't think I would be, like, conflicted between the two of them. I think they would both be fighting over me. I know that's so vain, but I think it's true. Because they're like, oh, no, she loves me the most. And I'm like, I love like you both and they're just like duking it out and i'm just sitting over here with my popcorn and then when one of them gets out of line i'd have to do some things that i'd probably regret later in life yeah and then you just end up killing one of them and then they'd be like well i guess i'm with this one now <laughs> well if i was in prison i guess i could write my book then there you go maybe that maybe I'll, maybe if i get sent to prison i'll finish my book there who knows <laughs> uh that was a pretty good it's question. coming along but it's slow yeah i like that one um <laughs> Right. How long do you think it will be before robots take over the world? Uh, How will they do it? Oh, uh, I think they already have. That's my honest answer to the question. Um, Yeah, that's fair. So uh, imagine tomorrow all robotics uh, and, um, you know, computer controlled devices go away. They're gone. Um, as a people, the human race would be in some serious problems, except some of the really, what we consider backwards or backwater areas where technology has not become as pervasive. Um, I think people have forgotten how to do things. And I mean, if you can't look it up on Google or, uh, or YouTube or something like that, you don't know how to do it. Uh, I I would defy 90% of the people that I know to plant a garden and successfully raise crops in their yard. Yeah. And that's, if any of you have ever seen the TV show Revolution, it's been a few years since that show came out now. And I think there's actually one that deals with a similar like uh, idea now, but I don't know what it's called because I haven't seen it. Uh, like the whole world's electricity goes dark, completely dark. Yep. And that's how the apocalypse happens, basically. And it, it's a really, it only had two seasons, which is a real shame. It was a really interesting concept. I guess people didn't like it enough. But yeah, that's exactly how the world, think just, like, just imagine like a power going out at like all the hospitals around the world. That alone would be bad enough. But sure. then just think of how it would, it's insane. How are you going to cook your food? Where are you going to get your food? Refrigeration is gone. Um, I mean, the the basics of what first and second world countries consider the basics of life have just left you. Now figure it out. Yep. We're going to have a problem. So my question, my answer honestly is I think they already have. Yeah. Okay. So my I, did, I went more with the... Um, more sentient robot angle like they're actively like plotting against us type deal 
Oh, <laughs> because I, I definitely, I definitely agree with your unfortunately correct answer. But I think by the time we're in like the twenty one hundreds, we'll have given them too much autonomy. They'll start outsmarting us, starting with the big population centers, and just go from there. Like, they're not necessarily like iRobot style, but I think it'll be like more specific like individual companies they'll have gotten they'll like have bitten off more than they can chew and then those robots will like sort of integrate the robots that maybe are not as developed yet and use them for their own gain and then we're just fucked so uh, just like uh, will smith said in irobot robots <laughs> making robots that's just stupid <laughs> exactly <laughs> that was a great movie yeah very underrated yeah uh, alan tudyk's in that movie too and people don't know that, but uh, he does I, great. His, you know like, what? For the robot. longest, I didn't know he did Sonny's voice in that movie. Yeah. But yeah. yeah he nails it. A good movie. Everyone should watch it. It's a good example of how sentient robots could do it. Yep. All right. Um, for immediate real life, potentially, if, if either of us were at all athletic, Oh. If you were a sports superstar, which sport would you like it to be in and why? Hockey. I knew that answer. Yeah. Um, I, I would want to be a defenseman. And um, I and why is because, first of all, I would be in great shape. Um, and you, you, most people say, well, yeah, if you're, if you're an athlete, you can always say that. Now, take a look at some of the football players. Um, they, they might be able to sprint for very short distances, but if you weigh 320 pounds as a lineman, you're not in great shape. <laughs> Baseball players, same thing. You can have the biggest, fattest guy in the world, knock freaking balls out of the park. Now, if you're a runner or a swimmer, uh, you know, basketball player, you know, that kind of thing, usually you're in pretty good shape, but, uh, the guys that play hockey, um, they're in incredible shape. Um, they they are on knife shoes all the time, and they're hitting each other into walls. And and, they have sticks. Yes, and they're and they're doing the the essentially doing wind sprints for you know thirty seconds to a minute and a half at a time, going back to the bench, catching their breath, and going back out and doing it again. And they're doing it for an hour every time they play a game. Um. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think, and, and I think, plus I would have the most fun playing hockey, so. Yeah. And uh, if not only, would, I am also saying this as an objective, but also potentially extremely subjective way, hockey players also have the best asses of anyone in sports, because <laughs> again, they're on knife shoes all the time, and they're always going. Constantly. If you are running, a hockey player, yeah. you have a great ass, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm adding. Out there for any of you. I'm adding that to my list of reasons why I want to be a hockey player great i'm writing that down okay (laughs) now you know how about you what Um, what sport i almost picked hockey for all the same reasons you just talked about including the great ass reason (laughs) but um i think i had track and field originally but i think i'm gonna change my answer gymnastics oh my god yeah people who are gymnasts are just i want to be like a vaulter I could never do it. I'm way there's, too tall. Yeah, there's no way in hell you could do gymnastics. I, I couldn't. I, I want to stress how much I could not do gymnastics. Like, as a person, I'm not coordinated enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not fast enough. 
the, I'm, I'm, you you might be able to develop the strength. You might be able to develop the coordination, but you can't tall. shrink. <laughs> You're just too I mean, tall I for could, it. I could, but it would be a great detriment to my physical health. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, but God, can you imagine, though? Yeah, so, God being, they're always so fucking ripped. I, that is one of the only summer events in Olympics that I usually watch is, uh, gymnastics and because they do things that I just think defy the laws of physics and there's like, you just watch them and you're just like, how, Yeah. what about your body just knows how to do that? Um, oh, uh, while we're on the topic, what's your favorite Olympic event? Uh, aside from gymnastics, um, I, I will admit I do prefer the summer Olympics. Um, but, uh, I love figure skating. Okay. I think figure skating is amazing. So, but that's um, a winter event. Yeah. But uh, you prefer uh, overall, so you prefer is, summer. Overall, I prefer summer, but I think the one that I get the most aside from gymnastics, like I said, cause I watch like track and field. I'm a really big, like diving swimming fan. Yep. I think those are all great. Like overall, I think summer's got the better roster. But I will always, always watch the Winter Olympics, if only for the figure skating. Yeah, figure skating is good. It's, it's, it's like if you put gymnastics and hockey in one, almost. Uh, there was one dude a couple uh, Winter Olympics back. He did like five turns in the air and then landed on the ice. Like his, the rest of his performance wasn't super great, but that like skyrocketed his score. I'm like, how did you do that? How did you make your body turn that many times before you hit the ground on a single knife shoe? Yeah, that's I, I don't crazy understand. Stuff. So my favorite, so cool. my favorite summer event that they actually broadcast because they don't do like skeet shooting or archery that I ever get to see on television. <laughs> Excuse but me. Um, it is diving. Um, diving kicks ass. Yeah, man. I love watching that. Uh, winter, uh, I, winter is my preferred Olympics, uh, mostly because of bobsled, luge, skeleton, and also, biathlon. and also the long I like jump. Biathlon. I like the bi- biathlon. Ske- <laughs> you got ski really hard and then stop and shoot. Ski really hard and stop and shoot. <laughs> Biathlon's fun. So, uh, but the, um, and then of course, you know, they always do hockey and that's oh, kind of, yeah. that's what well, got me yeah. into oh, NHL in the first place. So. Oh, and curling. You like curling too. I do like curling. Curling's a lot of fun to watch. So, (laughs) but anyway, we're off topic. Go ahead. What's the next one? Okay. Um, oh gosh. So let's get back to fantasy a little bit, but in a different way. All right. If you could bend one of the elements from Avatar, the last airbender, what would it be? Uh, earth. No question. I, I mean, I know that about you, but why would, for our audience, why okay. would you bend earth? Um, so, uh, first of all, uh, I, I think that I like the personality of the earthbenders. You know, they have to be very forceful, but also using that neutral jing, uh, listening to see what their opponent does before they, you know, react to it. Um, and uh, I would also say that specifically, I would like to learn the uh, earth bending that Toph learned from the badger molds. Um, oh yeah, that, yeah. it's I, I don't know what, what it's called, but I call it a mantis style where she has her palms faced in, and um, yeah. So and also uh, that became the precursor to metal bending, which is really badass, and oh, yeah. uh, sand bending. Um, but um, 
I do realize that it's not the most powerful because I think that water bending, when you can become a blood bender, is the most powerful of the four elements. But yeah. um, um, I, I would still take earth bending. How about so you? I I did pick water bending because not necessarily because of the blood effect, but because for the person I am, just in general. Not only would it, like, I think being a healer would be super kick-ass for starters. It would, yeah. I, I actually, if I'm playing, like, RPG games, I do usually play a healer. Fun fact about me. Um, so there's that. But also just, <laughs> this is such a stupid reason, but I'm not a very competent swimmer. <laughs> and if I was a waterbender, I could breathe underwater. And I could be like, all right, let me just chill here for a minute <laughs> while I catch my breath. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, that's the most lame reason. But yeah. also just, again, like you said, waterbending is just, I think it's objectively the most powerful. I do too. Like you can draw water yeah. out of the air. You can deal with the water in plants and people's bodies. You can just, you can do, do like your own sweat like Katara did that one time. It's, you have those healing abilities. You can make ice. It's It's so powerful. I almost picked air, but I'm not that spiritual. I couldn't do it. I couldn't be that. I couldn't detach myself that way. I don't think I think, would work. I also think that water bending is the most graceful of all the bending arts. Which is something I could use help with also. So maybe that's <laughs> You're plenty maybe graceful. that's another Okay. <laughs> but maybe that's another deep seated I'm like, oh yeah, they've got this slow kind of moving grace to them. Uh, quite honestly, with my current technique of life, I'd probably be a firebender. But I would rather be a waterbender. Um, they, uh, it, the, the style they use looks very much almost like Tai Chi. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that's, I would have picked for you, uh, I, I probably would have picked water, uh, maybe air, but yeah, probably I would have picked water. Uh, I, water and air are the ones I would pick. Like I said, I think I'm probably technically a little closer to a firebender in some ways, but um, the diametrically water opposed would, to water. water would be the would be the most, I think. And then again, I talked about wanting to be a moon goddess earlier. Firebenders well, draw their power from the moon. From so. the moon, that's right. There you go. It's all connected. It's all connected. All right, what's next? All right, if we stick in the Avatar lane, um, if. Avatar Aang's friends all threw down, all had a drag out fight. Who would win? Uh, I bet we both had the same answer. Okay. So if, uh, it, it depends how late or early in the series are they throwing down? Oh, like, let's assume, uh, they, cause this is assuming they've all been together also. Like they've, okay. they've all known each other. So let's say it's at the end of the series. Okay. End of the series, Katara kills them. Yeah. Oh no, Katara kills all. even like season two. I think Katara has the advantage just because, it, it, like, as powerful as Toph is in season two, just overall. Toph would I think Toph would would be my choice early, but once once Katara learns bloodbending, she kills them all. And see, I I would agree with you about Toph winning in like season two, like when they meet. But 
she's also not as integrated with the group at that point. And I think if it came down to like her and Katara duking it out, Katara's got her brother and Aang who she will protect at any and all cost. And I think that viciousness that that would bring in, I think that might give her the edge. Well, if we're, top, if we're talking, you're talking about a team up though. I was thinking more of this as a free for all. Everybody's trying to kill everybody. Oh, well, in that case, uh, well, yeah, maybe then, maybe then. I, I guess I kind of assumed Katara and Toph would be the two left standing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like they would all, all the rest would be dead before anyway. Also, by the way, Toph was my favorite uh, character in the, in the Avatar series of the regular companions. I liked her, I liked her better than Aang. I liked her better than Zuko. Um, I, yeah, I think that uh, she was one of the most interesting and, um, I, I think Katara was just a little too whiny. <laughs> Especially in the early seasons. Yeah. That's really fair. I love uh, that they make fun of it. They, God, that Ember Island. Okay. We can't spend this rest of this episode talking about Avatar. I can't. Okay, We're go just going to go down that rabbit hole. Okay. But, uh, okay. Okay. What's next? Um, all right. So let's do... You know what? I lied. We will go back to food for a minute. I said we'd only have one food question, but this right. is an important question. Yeah. Would you give up beef or potatoes? Uh, is it going to kill me? <laughs> um, so um, if I had to give up just beef, not all meat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. I would give up beef. I would also give up beef immediately over potatoes. I love beef. I love burgers. I love so many things with beef in them. I could not give up potatoes for beef. Yeah. So I, I think if you made me really just said, all right, you're going to die unless you do one of these things, I would even give up meat instead of potatoes. So I think I agree with you. Um, oof, I wouldn't like it though. Let's say we're both voracious meat eaters. Yeah. I don't look like a voracious meat eater. For those of you who know, don't know me in person, I don't. I really don't. And yeah, I am. You can't. You throw. You throw down. If we're if we go to some place. Uh, actually, I was just talking to uh, one of my Discord buddies about this earlier today. If we go to like Fogo, where the meat parade comes by, you can throw down about as much meat as I can, and I'm about like what three times, four times your weight. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so. Um, I weigh 135 on an I ate more than usual week, so. Yeah, so uh, definitely three times your weight. So, uh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good one. What's next? Yeah. All right. Now, you had to give up the winner of the beef potatoes debate. Uh, Would you give it up for cheese? That's not fair because cheese goes with potatoes. Uh Cheese can go with beef too. You throw cheese on a hamburger and it's 10 times better. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, no. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would I, still I, take I potatoes. Yeah. Um, I would give up potatoes because cheese is forever. I, uh, you know what? Uh, sure. I'll flip. <laughs> that that is, that is a coin toss question for me. I can't. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I love potatoes so much. Um, I think the only reason I would pick cheese over potatoes is because 
technically I eat more things with cheese. Some I eat cheese by itself. Oh wait, 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 I wait, just, wait, wait. Does that mean so if we're doing this question, does that mean that the meat's back? So I just have to pick potatoes or cheese? Yes. Okay, yes, then yes, cheese. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, man, That's now it. I have no meat or I have no beef and I, and I, I'm going to lose potatoes too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I no, think I would probably pick so, cheese no, too. Th- this is assuming these ultimatums exist in alternate universes okay. with each other because <laughs> the uh, other one is just too cruel. All right. Thank you. No, no, cheese cheese is forever. I couldn't give it up. I, I literally, on Instagram, my roommate from last year, she was like, I'm going to send you a cheese Instagram to follow. And I followed it. And that was a mistake because it made me want cheese more often. And I don't, I eat a lot of cheese. Like I have a block of cheese in my fridge right now that I'm yeah. still eating. So do I. And what is it? Colby? Like, uh, no, I still have my, that smoked Gruyere because oh, it's uh, it's stuff. such a hard cheese. It doesn't mold very fast. So I've been able to kind of savor it for a while. And if it molds, you just cut off that mold and keep eating. Exactly. <laughs> Soft cheeses are unfortunately not quite as resilient. Yeah. I lost some of my Gouda and it was very sad. Uh, Gouda is very Gouda and so is Brie. Oh. Uh, warm Brie on fresh bread. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. Next question. <laughs> All right. Um, back to fantasy. Okay. Who wins in a fight between Dumbledore and Gandalf? Uh, straight up fight? Like, uh, yeah. with their, like they're oh, trying to kill each other. Oh, wow. Um, Dumbledore. Uh, I think Gandalf is the superior mind. Uh, I think that he is more influential in his world, but I'll agree with that. But I will also say that, based on uh, the combat that I've uh, read of Gandalf doing and watched Dumbledore do, he's more combative. So I will say Dumbledore. Oh, oh, hundred, yeah, Dumbledore would absolutely kick Gandalf's ass in a straight up fight. Also, like Dumbledore's like. He's like, if he wasn't like, a, like he's already kind of like implied slash shown to not be a super great person. Yeah. Like he's, he's like real ruthless. Like even when he's like Jude Law young, like I, I wouldn't trust him. Like he's real McShady. Like I think he'd play <laughs> dirty if like someone as powerful as Gandalf came along. I don't think he'd be afraid to do it. So yeah, I think, I, I, him. I think that his, um, Plus the fact that he's got that uh, artifact wand and, you know, that's the. Yeah. Now, if it got down to melee, you know, Gandalf's got glamdering, but um, oh, absolutely. I, I don't think yeah. it would come down to that. So. All right. right. Um, we're winding down to the end here. So let's make some of these last ones more general. Okay. All right. Across all movies and television you've seen, who is the best shot? And let me clarify, this can be gunshot, this can be archery, this can be ranged combat in general. It can be magic. Who's the best shot? Uh, If we're talking firearms, I would go with Matthew Quigley. Ooh, yeah. Shit. That's a good answer. (laughs) 
um, Shit. Okay. So, uh, yeah, when he can, when he can drill something at 900 yards with a, with, uh, a rifle, um, consistently, uh, moving targets, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I would say for fi- for firearms, that would be from movies, uh, from Matthew Quigley from Quigley Down Under. God, that's a good movie too. God, Quigley Down Under, good movie. Yep. What about uh, you? I I said any iteration of Robin Hood, probably. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, with a bow. I, I've seen. Oh God, how many were? I, I've obviously in like like the Disney animated, but I think I've seen two other Robin Hood movies. I didn't see the most recent one with Taron Egerton because I knew it was going to be bad and I didn't care. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think of all the... I'm like, yeah, probably him. He's like anyone who's that badass with a bow. And it's like, yeah, you've got Legolas and Hawkeye and Katniss in the mix, but it's Robin Hood, man. He's an icon. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's a good question. All right. Uh, so we've said best shot. Who's best hand to hand? You go first. Uh, God, this one was so hard because I feel like depending on what sort of like, it, like if you're in a fantasy, like they could technically be like knife fights or sword fights. Uh, but I decided to go with something we've talked about already because I had so many answers for this, but I figured this way it kind of keeps with the theme of our older episodes. Uh, five from the umbrella Academy could kick anyone's ass. He's got the blank power. He's literally a master assassin who's crossed time and space. Mm, yeah. He work. He literally works for a company of assassins who are literally meant to fix the entire timeline and make sure like doomsday events happen in the order they're meant to happen. Mm. And and he and he can do it all in a thirteen year old's body. Like the, in the very first season, he kills a bunch of dudes with a butter knife in a diner, and doesn't bat an eye at it. It's mm. frightening. Like again, I had so many answers for this, but I figured to stay relevant, let's do badass fifty year old man in a thirteen year old's body who's a master assassin. Oof. Um. Okay, so, um, man, great, uh, great hand to hand. I mean, uh, Jason Stam in, uh, almost anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, uh, well, let's just say any martial artist also in like any movie uh, did kick anyone's ass. <laughs> I mean, so he, he was great in the transporter. He was great in the expendables. That basketball court fight was amazing. Um, but I don't know. I think I'm going to pick John wick. Oh, that was one of my other picks. Was oh, it? I, oh, yeah. John wick was on my list, but I was like, uh, we might talk about John Wick sometime. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, I need to see the third John Wick movie. I haven't seen. Oh it. no, we'll have to do that when you come home. Um, see what I need to do is just do a whole John Wick marathon. Yep, we can do that and just watch the whole thing again. The, um, yeah, Keanu Reeves pulls off some pretty amazing stuff in there. And uh, anytime that I'm watching something, and during most of the fight scenes, I at least at one point go, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. then it's pretty good uh which by the way i've been doing uh watching that series warrior with your mom 
yeah. almost every time that there's a fight scene, at least once, both of us are like grabbing a knee or an arm or something. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll say John Wick. All right, and last for the more all all movies television, who's the most ruthless character you've seen? Oh, oof. um. You mean stop at nothing? Yeah. Get what they want, and yeah, yeah like they, they'll get like you live by like one motto: you get the job done, and you get it done your way. Oh boy, could almost be same character. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh, who's yours? Um, mine is. Uh, John Wick did not make this list because I tried to avoid crossing the streams there, but um, I uh, Ghostbusters uh, reference. My, my uh, <laughs> favorite TV show, or one of my favorite TV shows of all time, is The Hundred on the CW, which I realize objectively is not a super great show, but I love it. And one of the main characters, her name is Octavia Blake. Okay. At one point in the series, like between I think it's like seasons four and five, like through that era she would really fuck you up for a while there. Like she became the leader of like an entire tribe living underground, forced them to like kill each other for sport and like eat each other. And like, she was like, it It was her way or the highway. And no one had a choice, but to listen to her because literally like nuclear war was destroying the ups. Like they couldn't do anything about it. And she, it was going to be her way. It was it's it was kind of frightening. I was like, this is a, this girl was a child like three seasons ago, and yet here we are. Yeah. Octavia so Blake she, from the Hundo. Yeah, yep. Uh, she she messed she messed herself up for a while there, and it was something. Um, boy, uh, a lot of candidates for this. That makes it tough. I'm going with the elusive man. Yeah, he was on this. He was on the ruthless list. Um, uh, basically, uh, humanity first, and uh, any any way to get there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that pretty much until the end, right there. Yeah, he and and he marked himself in the name of humanity and himself. So, uh, gosh. Rest in peace, elusive man. Sorry for anyone who didn't want spoilers for the end of Mass Effect 3, but like he straight up dies. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so last two questions. All right. Uh, your, if, you, if you had to have a crush on any actor, actress, one of each, an actor and an actress, oh. who would they be? Uh, Rachel Weisz. Uh, yeah, I knew that one. Yeah, um... I knew that one. <laughs> So, um, and, uh, boy, an actor, um, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> honestly, I'd have to say probably Chris Evans. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> he is the best Chris. Fun fact. Um, yeah, so, Chris Evans is the best. uh, if not Chris Evans, then Keanu Reeves. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but definitely my uh, my crush for some time has been Rachel Weisz. She's about my age, and she's gorgeous. She's talented. 
and quit calling me after she got married to Daniel Craig. That was very disappointing. A sad time for everyone, <laughs> except Daniel Craig. Yeah, except for Daniel Craig. <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right, how about you? Uh, I put down two answers for each. Uh, for my actor crush, uh, the one that surprises no one is Matt Damon. Yeah. I love Matt Damon, but uh, James McAvoy also. Oh, yeah, okay. I wouldn't have said that one, but uh, Matt yeah. Damon would have been he's, on my list for you. Uh, he's of people of actors I think are slightly more underrated. Uh, he's definitely good looking and is super talented. Oh my God. Every role he's been in, even if I didn't like that movie that much, I think he's crushed. Um, and, uh, as far as actresses, um, Saoirse Ronan or Amy Adams. Okay. Uh, I think they're both beautiful. Uh, and, uh, they're, and they both seem, I, I don't, I honestly don't read that much about actors' personal lives and actresses' personal lives, but they both seem like nice people. <laughs> Hopefully that's true. Well, I would hope so if uh, you were in a relationship. Yeah. I, um, I I would have had a tough time picking actors for you. Um, yeah. I don't I, think I, I, I had a tough time picking actors for myself because quite honestly, my like girl crush is Beyonce. Okay. Like Beyonce is gorgeous. 10 out of 10. Like if she came in and was like, you want to bang right now? And I was like, oh shit, you're Beyonce. <laughs> Like, like, how could I say no to her? Can we, can like, we get drinks she, first? Like, like Beyonce, grab me a Coke from the fridge for a second. Hold on. <laughs> God. Yeah, no, I would absolutely, Beyonce is my woman crush for, uh, for real. But since she's more of a singer than an actor, I didn't put her on this list. Okay, that's fair. All right. What's the last uh, question? All right. So in 2021 movie or television series you're most looking forward to oh i've got two well then say two um okay last question we do what we want so, that's right it's our podcast damn it um uh, 2021 godzilla versus king kong and okay. dune Oh yeah, dude. Uh, Shit, I didn't put Dune on my list. How uh, did I forget Dune? We uh, talk about Dune all the time when I'm home. I am so ready to see that movie, and if they don't make part two, I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. <laughs> well, I, I'll proofread it for you. If you okay, write it. please. I'll need it. Uh, so, what are you looking It'll forward to? Uh, so full disclosure, this may not come out in 2021, but it was definitely like that casting was recently announced and I'm super, super hyped. Uh, the last of us on HBO is going to, if it doesn't kick ass being an HBO show, with such a great main duo. I'm going to be so angry. Are they doing it game of Thrones style? Like uh, a bunch of hour long episodes. I assume so. If they're doing that, I don't I, know why. I they think they've wouldn't. got every opportunity to make it a good show. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm interested to see how they would do seasons, though, because The Last of Us Two just came out not that long ago. So I don't know if the first season would be like the first half of the game, and then second season would be the second half of the first game, and then they'd go from there because the games themselves are very linear and not that long. But they would definitely have time to stretch it out and flesh it out also. So I'd be okay with them doing something like uh, have a season be a half of a game. Hmm. And for The Last of Us 2, like it could even be like three seasons because it's a longer game. 
Well, but, like I said, if they're yeah. if they're giving it the time that it needs, at least they'll give know, it a so, shot. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna watch it either way. I want to be clear, but I'm looking forward to that. But as far as movies go, uh, the new Pixar movie looks good. What's um, it? It's a uh, I think it's called Luca. It's gonna come out this summer. Oh, I think I'll have to look for a trailer. And, uh, I haven't seen a trailer yet. Yeah, it came out. The most recent trailer was like four days ago. I think it hasn't been out that long, but um. Yeah, it's just these uh, uh, two Italian boys who are, like, trying to hide the fact that they're mermaids from a society that hates them, I think, <laughs> is the general vibe. And I'm like, okay, we can get behind that. All right. Fantasy uh-huh. and cute coming-of-age story. Let's go. Wow. Oh, right. man. Is that I it? think that's all, is that all of our questions? I don't know how long we were recording. Uh, I didn't One hour that. and 32 minutes right now. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's perfectly... Enough then. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> that's about as long as our music episode, right there. Well, thanks for spending uh, you know an hour and a half with your old dad. Uh, yeah. It's good to hear from you. Uh, here, yeah. you got a date coming up. Uh, yes, uh, we don't actually have a date for. I haven't for those of you who care to know. I have not been on a date in a hot minute. But um, which is a crime. But <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> So, uh, my, I've been single for a little over a year now. And one of my college friends finally was like, you want to go on a date? And I just kind of said, yes. And he offered to take me to my favorite restaurant, which he had never been to before and pay for it. And I'm like, you know what? Even if for some reason this doesn't go well, I get a free meal out of it. So, Hey, it sounds great. So we'll get this wrapped up until next time. I am the past. And I am the prologue. And we will talk to you all later. See ya. Talk to you next time.